What it do, beautiful people? It's your boy, Big Zoo. And you know what it is. It's time to Jets right here on Spotify, Apple, Amazon. Find us anywhere on there. Hit us with that subscribe. Hook it up with a five-star rating, please. I do appreciate it. It it helps keep the lights on around here. It helps keep the electricity going. And, you know, it feeds my dog, too. So Duke appreciates you hooking it up with the five stars as well. All right. Now, the pleasantries end just there. If you got some angry comments, if you got some thoughts on what the game looked like to you, that first half, oof. But how about that second half? A lot better. Tweet at your boy, at Zubeard77 on the Twitter machine. Hit me up with your thoughts on the games, what you guys saw, what you guys think is uh, going to be the next steps for this team in terms of getting themselves to a much more competitive level where they're going to be able to you know, not only give you one half of really good football, or I shouldn't say really good football, but of good football, instead of, eh, you know, one of the worst halves of football you'll ever see and coming out and playing for a lot of pride in the second half, which does show a lot and definitely deserves a lot of credit, and we're not taking that for granted here. And because we have a little bit of positivity in the air from that second half, I'm going to start off on a positive note here, and I want to acknowledge the guys who did a little something good, especially on that defense, because I got to tell you something, there was no reason that the Jets should have even been remotely in that game come the second half. There is no reason that the Jets should have only been down by one touchdown heading into the fourth quarter and only lose the game by three points. There is absolutely zero reason for that except that the defense stood up, came to play, strapped their helmets, and came out for a second half that, I mean, that was purely just a bunch of professional athletes who love the game they play, taking pride in what they do and not allowing themselves to be just completely destroyed out there. That's what that was to me. And C.J. Mosley, yes, he had a... He had a pretty bad burning on a coverage out there on that touchdown to Robbie Anderson. That was also a little bit of miscoverage there from Marcus May, but it's one of those situations where it happened, and you got to just be able to move on from that, and CJ definitely moved on from an awful first half and a really bad attempt at covering Robbie Anderson because in the second half, he was basically... I mean, he was the field general out there. He was the guy that was getting people in the right places, and he was the veteran leadership on that field during the second half where that defense looked as good as I thought that they could look going into the game. That's what I thought that this defense could be. I'm glad that they showed a little bit of it, but it was not nearly enough. One half is not nearly enough. A guy on that defense that had a full game, in my opinion, that had a really good full game. Jonathan Franklin Myers. I mean, I can't believe how good he came out to play today. Like, this guy, I had not the highest expectations for coming into this season, season to say the least. I mean, he's a guy I look at, and, hey, he's developmental. There's some talent there, but I don't know if it's high end. Today, watching him play, the technique, just the football IQ that he has – 
watching him when there are screens just catch himself and drop back, it's at a, I don't want to say an elite level, but it's at a level that you're not seeing too much on this defensive line right now, and that's for sure. Franklin Myers going out there, he got three tackles. Eh, you might say not that much. He's a defensive lineman. It's not really, not really what defensive linemen do. That's more of a linebacker's job to rack up the tackles. Two tackles for losses. Now that is a defensive lineman's job. And watching him play the end, another thing to hit on his football IQ, there was a play in the first half where you have Christian McCaffrey coming across the field. And if Franklin Myers loses his contain on the edge, McCaffrey breaks free and he goes probably for a touchdown because it was wide open field. I don't know what it looked like downfield. Maybe he gets taken down, but he's getting at least. Sorry if you uh, if you hear a little barking in the background. It's my guy Duke, who you guys are helping out with those five star replies. So I do appreciate you guys helping him out. And he wanted to let you guys know that hey, I'm I'm here too, and he might contribute here and there. So keep an eye out for young Duke. He is a Steelers fan though, so we won't take too much of what he says to heart over here. But anyway, back on to uh, McCaffrey in that play. If he gets by Franklin Myers, he's gone. He's taken 20, 30 yards. And Franklin Myers, to keep his contain there, to know his job, and to perform it as well as he did, including the fact that he made a really good open field tackle on Christian McCaffrey, I mean, that that was a lot right there. And Andy added a sack to that tally too. So, I mean, John Franklin Myers was by far... My standout, standout of the day for the Jets. It's not even close. And I'm really excited to see more from him going forward this year. I think he's he's, he's one of the guys who now I'm going to look at as stepping up for this team. He's now a guy who you're going to have to rely on on that defensive line if he's able to keep this up. Set a precedent. Quinn and Williams, on the other hand, on the defensive line, it felt like he wasn't even on the field for most of the game. He made three tackles. He got a couple of hits on the QB, two to be exact. So, yeah, a couple is pretty accurate. He just, the QB hits, the pressures with Quinn, and it's, it's always the same thing. And these are really good, important, not statistics, because I don't want to degrade them like that, but very important attributes for a defensive lineman to have. You want to be on the quarterback's ass, but at the same time, you need to take him down. The Jets had eight QB hits today. They only had one sack. To compare that to, you know, uh, I don't know, another team that was playing today as well, the Carolina Panthers had 10 QB hits, and they converted that into six sacks. That's a team that is not only getting to the quarterback, but they're finishing the job when they get there. And you could you could chalk that up to offensive lines doing a great job or being more prepared, but I got to chalk that up to Quinn and Williams not really showing up today and doing what he needs to do in order to take that step and be a top five pick in the draft. Be a guy who is a game wrecker who's able to go and in a situation like today make a few more plays i mean sheldon rankins looked pretty good out there too 
if we base it the same way that we're basing on how we're judging Quinn and Williams, and Sheldon Rankins had a pretty damn good day. He had a fumble recovery, a couple tackles. He was in the mix, eating up a bunch of blocks, doing his job out there. If that's what we need, we have Sheldon Rankins. Quinn and Williams is supposed to be an elite defensive lineman. He is supposed to be the same type of player that Ndamukong Sue was, that Aaron Donald is. And obviously, you can't put the expectations that he's going to be Aaron Donald because that's just unrealistic. Aaron Donald is a generational defensive lineman. Like Guys like him don't come around very often. So when I say he should be a player like that, he should be that type of an influence on a game. He should be able to do those things. He should be able to get to the quarterback and actually convert on a sack and not just get a QB hit. I'm watching so much of Quinn and Williams over the past two years, and the guy has talent, the guy is quick, but he just, something about being in these games, he is not able to convert everything there. He is not able to make it translate when he is pass rushing. Listen, Quinnen has to start making things happen. I have a lot of faith in this defensive line. I think they have some talent there. They got guys that know what their jobs are, and they do them incredibly well. Getting to the quarterback is the one thing that this defensive line is having issues with. And seeing Franklin Myers do what he did today definitely picked me up, made me feel like, okay, there's something something here. But Quinn and Williams not being able to make really an impact on this game for what Quinn and Williams is supposed to be for what we want Quinn and Williams to be for what I think everybody in the league believes Quinn and Williams can be today was a terrible performance for him this is supposed to be a jump off year this is supposed to be the year you take your next step I get he's still very young for being a third year player in this league but He's a third-year player in this league, and he needs to start making plays. He needs to start. I, he needs to start just doing stuff out there. I, I need to see Quentin Williams be a game breaker. He needs to be a, a game wrecker, a game plan wrecker. I can't. I can't see Quentin Williams on the field anymore and not know that he's out there. It's that time is over. I need something. Something needs to switch. Somebody needs to get in his face, get him angry. I don't know what it's going to take, but Quinn Williams has to be on a different level next week when this team comes out to play. Because if he's not, uh, it's just going to continue this storyline. It's going to. Con- it's not even a storyline. It's just going to perpetuate this fact that Quinn Williams, he might not be the dude. He might not be, be any better than any other guy in the league at that position. I don't want to believe that just yet, but more performances like this, and I'm going to really start to really start to feel that. And again, I'm being really harsh on Quinn right now. It's just because I have such high expectations for him. I, I want him and I believe that he can be a top five defensive lineman in this league. And when I say that, that's not hyperbole. That's truthfully how I believe. I think he is that good. I think he has that much potential. It's it's just, it's killing me to watch him 
not affect the game the way that he can and should. But I'm going to leave that at that. I actually want to give a quick shout to the secondary. Not that they had any type of a spectacular game by any means necessary, because I wouldn't say they did. But Michael Carter had a couple of plays at corner where I was watching and I was very impressed. One specifically was about five to six minutes into the game on a third and five. He made such a great coverage play on, I believe it was Terrence Marshall to block out a 15 yard gain. And I was just very impressed with the way that he played that ball with his veracity throughout the game. Guy's got a motor. He's, I mean, he's one of many rookies, so we'll see what he's able to do next week. But that was a good first game, I think, for Michael Carter in a game where there weren't a lot of positives in the secondary. And I should say this too. Bryce Hall, first half, not great. Second half, definitely got himself together, started to make some plays. I think that you got to give these guys time. We have to see what they are. What you saw in the second half, I don't know if that's necessarily going to be a full game kind of level that they played at, but that's more of who I think this defense can be going forward, and I think it's who they will be as Robert Sala continues to mold them, continues to create all of these players in the image of what he believes that they should be looking like in his system. And when that happens and these guys are set up and they feel comfortable, this defense is going to have serious, serious problems they're going to present to offenses. I can't I can't wait for that day. It's down the road still, but you can start to see the writing on the wall. That second half was very, very promising. And... The second half, I mean, I'm harping on it for the defense right now, but overall the team played way better in the second half than the first half because after after that first half, after 30 minutes, I was sitting there wondering to myself, is this offensive line seriously the worst offensive line that I have ever seen in my entire life? Because watching... I mean, not even just the fact of how many times Zach Wilson got hit and sacked. It was just the amount of times he was pressured and forced to run out of the pocket that, I mean, it was every single play. And when he wasn't passing the ball, they were running it for a negative gain or a gain of one yard. And, I mean, I don't think I've, I don't think I've seen many halves of football where teams don't move the ball. And the Jets couldn't move the ball outside of one pass to Davis in the first half. And Corey Davis had a great game. Five catches, 97 yards, two tutties, looking like a complete beast out there. I mean, Corey Davis definitely solidified himself as a, as a top option here for Zach Wilson. But Corey Davis isn't going to get the ball that often if this offensive line cannot block. And you don't want to get on too many people too hard because it's the first game and they definitely improved in the second half. But George Fant, I mean, you might as well have just had nobody at right tackle instead of George Fant in that first half. I mean, 
the guy was just getting blown up every play, it felt like. So I'm a little disappointed in what we got out of Fant today. Uh, maybe I should take that back. I'm very disappointed in what we got in Fant today. Moses came in. He was a little bit more of a solidifier on that right side of the line, although he had a couple of not great plays. And, of course, we all know why Morgan Moses had to come into the game. And it wasn't because of George Fant. It was because Mekhi Becton went down with an apparent knee injury at the time. And, of course, now we're starting to see on Twitter that it's looking like a sprained MCL. Hopefully it's not too long of a recovery for Mekhi and he can get back out there soon because he needs all the reps he can get. He, he did not have a great day today. There was one particular sack on Zach Wilson where Mekhi Becton got pushed all the way back into him by a guy who is a hundred pounds at least less than him. And you can't have that happen when you're Mekhi Becton. You are just too big of a dude. You are too I mean, you're just too important of a guy to allow that to happen. And I don't want to get too harsh on him either, because I mean, in his case, other than Quinnen and in Quinnen's case actually, it's the first game of the year. You gotta give a little room. But everything you heard out of camp, everything you heard everything you saw in any type of scrimmage really made you question what Makai was going to be able to do this season. And today did not answer any of those questions and he gets hurt as well. It's, it's, it's going to be tough. He's a big guy, lower body injury, even if it's just a sprained MCL, things like that add up on a guy, his size really quickly. So hopefully this is some time for Makai to get his body straight get healthy, get his mind right, and when he comes back on the field, hopefully very soon, he'll be ready to go, and he'll be ready to make that impact that we all felt that he could make, and I'm sure he felt he could make coming into this year. I mean, Makai Becton definitely was not proud or happy of the first half that he had. He was probably looking at himself and going, I put in a ton of work this offseason, and this is what's coming out of it. So it's got to be tough for the kid. I feel for him. But we need him out there, and we need him to work. We need him to. We need him to get better. He needs to be a left tackle that can. I mean, he needs to be able to be a top ten left tackle. You take a guy in the first round, he's got to be a top ten left tackle in the league. Right now, it's not looking like he's on course for that. Hopefully, he's healthy and he can be back soon, because that's the first thing that we need to worry about before we can worry about. Anything else with Makai Becton at this point. The rest of the offensive line, like I said, got better through the game. Vera Tucker got way better through the game. I'm hoping that when they come out next week, they got all their kinks out in that terrible, pathetic first half of theirs, and they were able to play a little bit of football for two halves. A complete game. A very novel concept, because them having a terrible game or a terrible first, terrible first half then made Zach Wilson have a terrible first half. You look at Zach, he had 80 yards at the end of the first half. The offense was pathetic. I mean, they rushed for, I believe, 11 yards at the end of the first half. That's not what you're looking for. I mean, I don't have to, I'm not a genius in saying that that's not what you're looking for. But when you actually see that on paper, when you see that the Jets ended up the entire game, the whole game, 
You know how many yards they had rushing? They had 45. 45 yards rushing. Terrible. I thought they were going to have 160 plus. I was wrong. That's, that's, that's saying the bare minimum that I was wrong on that. This is, this was not good. It wasn't very creative. It wasn't fooling anybody what they were running. They couldn't get anything going with Tevin Coleman. Ty Johnson had a couple of nice carries, but overall was bottled up like everybody else. So, I mean, that's got a lot to do with the offensive line. And when they got a little bit better, you saw the run game open up a little more. But the run game also opened up because the pass game opened up. And the pass game opened up because you got to see, or we all got to see, what Zach Wilson is capable of. And I already mentioned Zach Wilson had a not a great first half. He came out slinging in that second half because he ended his day with 258 yards, two tutties, and one pick going 20 of 37. He started off with a completion percentage below 30. So getting it up to above 50%, getting 250-plus yards and two touchdowns in the first game, that's not bad. That's a pretty good game. And the plays he was making, the way he was scrambling around, he also rushed for a two-point conversion. I mean, you got we all got to see what Zach Wilson can be today. We also got to see that Zach Wilson is still young, and he's still growing into his body. And what I mean by that is, he got slammed a couple of times. He got sacked a couple of times. He got hit a couple of times. And you thought to yourself, holy crap, this guy, he can't, he can't take all these hits. You can't let him get hit this many times. And it's nothing against him because he got up every time with the most, I mean, the grittiest, just straightforward look on his face, ready to go back to work. The guy, he's got some cojones on him, man, because I was not expecting I was not expecting him to get up from some of those hits, and he did. So I have to give him credit where credit is due and recognize that the guy is a gamer. And the, I'm very impressed with Zach Wilson today. But I also have to say it's it's very, very hard for me to believe that Zach Wilson is going to be able to survive getting sacked six times a game for 17 games in an NFL season. I just, I can't imagine that he's going to be able to eat 102 sacks in a year and he's just going to be fine. It's, I, I can't see it. I mean, maybe it's possible and there's a good chance that we're going to put that to the test with this offensive line, especially with Makai going down. But I, I just... They need to figure out a way to protect him and make sure that he does not get hurt because he needs all of these reps just as much as that line does, and you can't allow him to be just getting destroyed like this. This is why a lot of people, including myself, thought that the Jets needed to go and find themselves a veteran quarterback who they could stick back there. Not because, not necessarily because Zach Wilson isn't ready to play at this level from a talent standpoint or an attribute standpoint. He's not ready to play at this level from a physicality standpoint. 
he's not ready to step in behind an offensive line like the Jets have right now and be able to take the hits that he's going to take while they're going through their growing pains. You need to set him up in situations that are going to make him strive. You saw that with Sam Darnold today. Sam Darnold is in a situation where his offensive line is giving him time. He has faith. He's not trying to do too much because that's how his mind is working now because he's so used to not having any time and not having any windows that he just chucks the ball up. Today you saw Sam Darnold with a little bit of protection and with a little bit of talent around him, and he had a heck of a game. And that's what you need to do for Zach Wilson, but we're not quite there yet. And speaking of Sam Darnold, I mentioned he had a great game. Let me tell you real quick. The guy had 24-35, 279 yards, one passing touchdown, and one rushing touchdown. I don't take too much glee in telling you those stats. I mean, good for Sam. I'm not... I don't... I don't dislike Sam. I don't wish bad things upon him, but he's not a Jet, and he beat us today. So I'm not happy with those stats from a Jet perspective, but good for him. He played well, and it makes the point of how much the offensive line and the system around a player can affect how they grow and affect how their mentality is just in that situation. Sam got out. You see in the first game, he had a big game. We'll see how that continues. Maybe it doesn't. But for right now, I'm looking at Sam Darnold, and if I'm the Jets, I'm saying to myself, I need to make sure that I'm getting Zach Wilson the same kind of support that Carolina has for Sam Darnold. And that's just plain and simple. No ifs, ands, or buts about that. And to continue on how great Carolina had of a day offensively, I mean, I just got to mention real quick, Christian McCaffrey. How about that superstar over there? I mean, Carolina really has a guy in Christian McCaffrey. You hand him the ball and he will get himself eight yards. You literally give him the ball and he will make a play happen. There are not very many players in the league quite like him right now. There have been through throughout the whole history of the league. There's always one guy who's doing what he's doing. But he just happens to be that guy right now, and it is incredible to watch. I mean, just from a football perspective, the guy is very talented. And, I mean, his IQ is just as high as anybody else on the field. So when you're trying to get him down, it ain't going to be that easy. And that's why you see him dance through defenders, get himself an extra couple of yards when he really should get tackled five yards previous, and just be a stud. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is a stud, and that's the kind of guy that you need on your team and you need to find. And hopefully hopefully the Jets find somebody in that backfield because Ty Johnson, Tevin Coleman, Michael Carter, none of them really inspired too much today. And we'll put it all on the offensive line because of their struggles, but you got to put some of it on them too. You like to see the adjustments that the coaches made in this game. I mean, they really helped the guys out in the second half. I think that that is a big-time plus for Rob Sala and his staff. Uh, Unfortunately, the changes came in a little late, so they didn't change the outcome. 
But I think that just noticing what you're doing wrong and being able to either, one, inspire your players to properly play or, two, put them in better positions to play. Either way, getting your team to come out and play the second half that that Jets team did is very impressive. So I definitely give Robert Sala and his staff a lot of credit today even though there is a lot of blame to go around for how poorly this team was prepared and how poorly they came out. But we'll keep it positive today. It's week one. I didn't think they were going to win this game anyway. I thought they were going to lose by 10 points. 31-21 was my prediction. 19-16, that's not too bad to me. That's it's a decent game. I mean, it was all second half, but you know what? That second half, if you play two halves like that, you got to win. So there is something to build off here. And that being said, I want to hit my three takeaways of the game before we get on out of here. First up, I think you all can guess it based on watching that game, based on listening to me talk, but that offensive line was terrible out there today. Um, I mean, for the whole game, they were terrible. They were abysmal and atrocious in the first half. They worked themselves to being terrible in the second half with, I mean, a couple of good drives. They still didn't put together a quality half of football, so that's something to work for next week. But this team will only go as far as this offensive line is able to take them. If you're getting 45 yards a game rushing, you're not going to win very many games, especially when your quarterback is also getting sacked six times to go along with that. It's just not a good look. Not a good day for the offensive line. Losing Makai Becton is brutal. But now it comes down to coaching and it comes down to schematics. Now, we haven't, we've seen only this coaching staff adjust to a half. Let's see how it works out with a full week to go. But they absolutely need to make adjustments on this offensive line. And they need to happen very soon because Zach Wilson cannot be playing behind an offensive line that's given up six sacks a game and not able to rush the ball. You, you just can't have that happening to the young kid. You cannot allow him to be ruined by an offensive line that won't block for him. You cannot let that happen. Number two, <laughs> number two, on a positive note, because I do want to have a positive note here. Zach Wilson looked like a star out there when he did get time when he was able to move around when he felt comfortable you saw the player that he could be and he was able to make some incredible throws the interception he had was a bad interception but it was a rookie error it's one of those moments where you can learn on your coverage you could learn how to read coverages better and i think he's gonna get better at that it's just a rookie it's a rookie mistake what I really liked and what I saw out of Zach that was the best was his grit, was his determination to make plays, was his ability to make plays, because you can have a lot of determination to make plays and you cannot make them. I mean, there's a lot of guys who do that, but he has the ability to make very difficult throws, difficult throws on the run and able to escape pressure like, I mean, his life depends and <laughs> depends on it and and his life definitely depended on it uh, a couple of times today. And I'm happy he made it out of there in one piece, especially after that last sack he took where he got just absolutely slammed into the ground. I believe it was by Gross Matos. That was, whew, 
I, I was just watching that like, damn. All right, these guys, these guys are these guys are playing. They're coming for him. So, Zach, man, great stuff. I love watching him play. I'm excited to see what he's got next in store for us, and I hope that this offensive line can help him out because that was takeaway one, how bad they were. Takeaway two is how great Zach can be with the offensive line playing well. Number three, final takeaway, and I think this is probably the best of all the takeaways. John Franklin Myers had one heck of a game, and I think he has the IQ on the defensive line and the ability, the strength, the height, the speed. I think he's going to be able to be a player for this team going forward. And at that end position, I mean, I'm not going to be a guy who says he's going to get 10 sacks this year because I don't believe that yet. But I think you can start to put him on notice as a guy who could lead this team in sacks and definitely could lead this team in tackles for losses because the way he plays the game is so smooth. He makes some errors, but everybody does. But him as an overall defensive lineman, I think he's very impressive, and he he really showed me a lot today. So there's some things to build off of today. There's some happy things, even though it was a loss. I mean... Guys, listen, we just got to take it as we go. This is a growing year. We're not going to the playoffs. This is going to be a year where we're going to learn a lot about these young guys, especially Zach Wilson. So watch this season as a whole. That's how I'm doing it. I'm watching each game not as just a solo game, but as part of a greater picture. And if we can turn back at the end of the year and see that week-to-week This team made significant progress, even if that doesn't translate to wins and losses. I think that's a lot of good that can come out of this season. Now, obviously, it sucks to lose, and this was a pathetic first half, so there wasn't very much to take out of that. But the second half was good, and there were things that were nice to see there. And Zach Wilson did look like a starting quarterback in the NFL. So you know what? With all things being said... As long as Quinn and Williams can show up and give us a big game next week, or at least look like he's on the field, then I think everything is going to be all right at the end of the day. I still believe we're on track to have a 7-10 and 10 season. I don't think this loss did anything to my confidence on that. I believe Zach is in a good place as long as this offensive line can block. And right now it doesn't look like they can, so I don't have much confidence in that. But that's why the coaches are here. That's why they get paid. And that's why I do this, because I like to complain, and I like to speak about the Jets. So thank you all for joining me on the post game here today. I mean, let out your frustrations. Vent to me on the Twitter machine, at Zubeard77. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on wherever you're listening to right now, whether that be Apple, Amazon, or Spotify. Hook it up with a five-star rating if you can as well. That's always appreciated. And as you know, my little guy Duke, he appreciates it too. So with that, I bid you all adieu. Peace.